You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. We are just honored to be joined by the one, the only, Dave Klein, who uh, many Wealth Without Bay Street listeners have been inquiring about. Very excited to have you with us here on the show today. And for listeners who aren't aware, maybe just joining us for the first time. So Dave has been, uh, he has been implementing this process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept in his life for several years. We are super excited to share uh, his story with all of you today. Uh, Dave, uh, let me be the first to welcome you to Wealth Without Bay Street. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks for the offer. Sorry it took so long to finally make it happen. But yeah, glad to be well, here. You're a busy guy. You know, you're um, a police officer, which uh, on behalf of all of our listeners, on behalf of everybody here at Wealth Without Bay Street, Ascendant Financial, thank you. Thank you sincerely uh, for your selfless uh, sacrifice, your service uh, to the community. We appreciate you very much. Thank you. I love what I do. So it's not work when you love it. Exactly. No, it's it's fun going in every day. And try of course, help, try to help who you can help with, right? You bet. Absolutely. And there, you know, it's um, there's no downside to having uh, police officers on on your client list who are there. They're there to serve. They're there to help. And uh, just all around great people. We have many uh, clients who are members of police services across the, the country. And so it's, uh, again, it's just a real honor to have you here. And of course, we're joined by my co-host, my colleague, my dear friend, Mr. Richard Canfield, hailing from Chilliwack, British Columbia, otherwise known as the WAC. Welcome, Richard, to the show. I, I, I'm excited. And, you know, Dave, I, I just want to get right into it because, um, you know, you know, I've heard Jason talk about you a number of times as a first chance. You and I have had a chance to really connect. And, you know, what I understand is that you've been, for how long you've been doing this, it seems like you got exposed to this kind of like over dinner or drinks with some friends. And that's how this kind of entered your sphere of influence. Can you walk us through how yeah. this book and Nelson's message of becoming a banker, how did this come about for you? Well, the initial, the initial introduction is a little bit hazy because it was over some drinks, but um, <laughs> it was actually a, a good friend of mine. Uh, he had just met with Jason and was telling us, and uh, there's probably about four or five of us in the room, um, just about this, this process and how we all need to get on it. And me, along with everyone else in the room, we're very, much, we're very skeptical. Um, I, the one thing that really sticks out from that night is uh, everyone thought by some weirdness that it was some kind of pyramid scheme. And that really, really sticks out. And I was like, I don't know, it sounds really interesting. So the next day I, I talked with him a little bit more about it. And uh, yeah, the idea of all, just how it can be used in so many different ways and uh, really, really stuck with me. And it didn't come across as a get rich quick scheme or anything like that. Um, but I was very, very skeptical. Uh, just being, it sounded too good to be true. If that makes, well, of course it makes sense to you guys. So uh, I started doing some research and some more research and uh, I talked to my friend and he's like, well, just take this book. Jason gave me the, uh, I got this book from Jason. So take a peek at it. And I read through it really, really fast, which is something to be said for me because I'm a very slow reader, but powered through that book and uh, read it twice actually. And then I was like, this is interesting. So I did some more research online over the course of a few months. And then uh, eventually I was like, all right, well, I just got to go kind of 
straight to the horse's mouth with it. Obviously, uh, Nelson was down in the States at the time, so I couldn't go to him. So there was a business card on the inside of the book and it was, uh, it was Jason. So I gave him a call and uh, my wife and I uh, met with him and the rest is history. So, yeah. It's been how many years now? So how many years have, has this process been changing your life? Uh, we started in uh, August, 2014. We got our first two policies. And so. walk us through... Um, walk us through what you've been able to achieve and equally as important. Well, let me start here. What, what do you see now in your life financially as this process has helped you and your family? What do you see now that you didn't see when you first began the process? Freedom, honestly. Like we've been able to do so much um, just properly implementing IBC. Uh, it's been it's taken a load off of our shoulders. We, I was never one to really worry a lot about money. Um, cause I, I grew up, my, uh, my dad is, was a employee of CRA. So he was very much, um, pay your bills. Don't go deep into credit, save, 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 um, RSPs when TF, TFSAs rolled out, get into those, but all that like traditional uh, way of thinking. So we were, I mean, we weren't well off by any stretch, uh, but we weren't struggling financially. Um, we always knew that we would take, the, the plan was always, we'll take 25 years to pay off a mortgage. We'll take our seven years to pay off a car. We'll do all those kinds of things. And then the idea that we could do it exponentially faster um, and uh, just more, just, just a, the ability to just recoup all of that money and use it over and over and over again. It's just... And you've done, that. you've done this for vehicles. You've done this for property. Maybe give us an example of. Yeah. So the first thing we did with our policy, uh, after, probably about two years after we opened up the policy, uh, we had enough money to uh, pay the wife's uh, vehicle loan off. So we paid that off free and clear, but keeping with, you know, don't, uh, don't steal from the, the peas or whatever it was there. We, uh, <laughs> uh we kept all that money and put it all back to the policy. Two years after that, I remember we, uh, we came in to open up a, a third policy view and we were both looking at the same vehicle at the same time, our explorers there. So we were able to um, purchase a second vehicle outright with a policy loan. Um, so, and we've already paid that back. And then in 2019, we were able to actually recoup all the money from our mortgage and we paid off our house. So amazing. Yeah, that was, uh, when I opened up the policy, our first two policies, that was the goal. The goal was always, we'll pay off the house and then we'll see. Um, because then I just, I'm still learning so many things that you can do with this. Um, I didn't fully understand the benefits when I first started. I knew they would be infinite, but uh, they were, uh, even now, the, the things that I, I'm thinking about doing with them are, are just, they blow my mind. So that was the, that was the goal, pay off the house. Um, and even now what we were paying the mortgage, we're obviously paying back our loan. We'll pay off the house. We'll have repaid our loan um, two years faster than we would have paid off the mortgage anyways. Uh, that's not accelerating things, which of course we have the ability to do. And so there's a, a bump in the road or an opportunity that comes up that we can slow that down and, uh, and take advantage of that opportunity, which I really like. So. So what, what was the feeling like when you and your wife were, you sent in the last check to the, to the traditional bank, the third party bank, 
and you could just, you know, wipe your hands and be like, I'm done. Did you have a mortgage burning party? Like what, what did you didn't. guys do? We, we had talked about it. We, um, we were going to have a mortgage burning party. So when I say that we, we paid off the, the mortgage in 2019, it wasn't exactly 2019. So what we did was, um, that was the end of our five-year term. So we had a little bit of money still left owing. Um, so we have a HELOC on our house. We paid off, put the outstanding amount in, in the HELOC. And then it was actually 2020, of course, mid COVID when we took out another policy loan to pay off the HELOC. So we were truly and utterly out of debt. There wasn't a penny of debt in our name, which is an amazing feeling. And th the plan in 2019 was when that happened to have a, a burning party, but obviously with COVID getting in the way, we can't, we can't burn anything right now, but uh, when that's all done, we'll, uh, we'll celebrate uh, the proper way for sure. Well, I don't know if you recall this, uh, Dave, but when you had shared the news and I literally jumped out of my chair, I was so happy and just so excited for you and for your family. And, uh, you know, we, we can share the expression with people where, you know, Nelson told us many years ago, he said, what a peaceful, stress-free way of life it is when you get the bankers mm -hmm. out of your life. What would you say to listeners about that? It, uh, I can't even, I can't even describe it. It's just such an amazing feeling knowing now that if anything were to happen, um, I mean, obviously it's not, it's not great, but we're not going to lose the house. We're not going to, we're not going to take the cars where it's just, just the opportunity is it's all that's left. There's no more, there's no more worry. It's, it's very, very free. That's so good. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> so incredible. good. And it, and, and it happened a lot faster than we ever thought it could. Like, yeah. um, when we started the process, uh, I knew it would happen or, and then we, I, I just like the idea that we would recapture uh, all the money we were paying uh, off in interest and everything like that. It, it never occurred to me that it would happen eight, 10 years faster than, than it would have conventionally anyways. So cherry on top, I guess. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And if you think about now, all of these opportunities that show up, which again, something that Nelson used to say to us is that if you have ready available capital, opportunity will hunt you down. And right before the mics went hot and we started recording today's episode, you were sharing about being able to uh, expand your, your uh, rental real estate portfolio as a result of being in a position to take advantage of opportunity that tracked you down. Yeah, very much so. Um, and it, it was it was just that by fluke we came across the ability to come uh, to get four properties. Uh, we closed on them uh, yesterday. Actually, the other day we're doing a walkthrough with uh, with our new tenants. And uh, awesome, yeah, good. It's, uh, it's a really nice feeling. So, I mean, I haven't told you yet this, Jason, but all of that money that we're getting that's coming in will be going towards new policy. So at, we need to book uh, we need to book a time so we can make that happen. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, that's how these things happen. And uh, again, what we're talking about is we're talking about the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. And Dave, uh, if you think about, you know, a lot of time has gone by since you first initiated this process. And if you go back to, if you can, and jog your memory to when you were first ready to get started, how did you decide where to begin? How did you determine, okay, this is this is where I'm going to start. This is how much money I'm going to put into my first policy. What was going through your mind at that time? Um, I think I was in somewhat of a unique situation. So uh, a long like 12 and a half years ago now, um, I was in the unfortunate situation of losing someone uh, very, very close to me that uh, we had no life insurance. 
Uh, and in that time, uh, life insurance would have been very, very helpful uh, to us. Um, so being also a police officer, and when we first started uh, the process, I was on the streets and working shift work. And, you know, there's some associated dangers that come with that, but there's associated dangers with everything I always argue. But um, it was first and foremost as a way to, uh, I took it more from the death benefit aspect of it with the perk of being able to recapture things. Uh, yeah. We were just starting a new family at the time too. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that my family was taken care of uh, with the, I call that like the, the first priority, but the, the, the very, very close second bonus to that was the ability that we could recapture everything. And I thought to myself, well, um, all of my research that I haven't been able to find any kind of holes in this. And I, I researched it a lot. Um, wasn't able to find any kind of holes. Uh, and I, I thought to myself, well, worst case scenario, I'll, I'll go in for the, the five to seven years or whatever that, however long it kind of takes for the amount of money that I've put in to equal my surrender. And if I don't like it, uh, if it's not for me, then I'll take it out and I'm no worse for wear. I, I thought it was just as safe, if not safer than throwing my money into the, the GIC or into the stocks or anything like that. So that was, uh, that was where I was coming from with it originally. And then after about a year and a half, when we took that first policy loan out, or I did more research, I don't know how I could do more research, but even now I'm still, <laughs> still doing research. Well, you're, you're a police officer. You're, you're, you have that investigative instinct. It's part of your DNA. And mm -hmm. I remember every time we met and we got together and we would always get into really, really good deep discussions about the process. And, and you would always say, Hey, you know, if, if I find any holes in this, I'm going to let you know. And I, I would say, please, yeah, please do. And uh -huh. our, our conversations, uh, and I'm sharing this for the benefit of our listeners, because the, the one thing that you really embraced Dave was rethinking your thinking. And every single time that we connected your, your, your thinking expanded, you were, you were, proactively talking about, here's how I'm going to expand the use of my program. These are some other things that I'm thinking about doing. And it just brought a smile to my face every single time. It, it was hard, particularly, uh, I welcomed it for sure, but it was, it was hard. Uh, just everyone is just so used to going to a traditional bank and then especially with my dad being CRA and I'm still trying to, to talk to him and convince him and not, not convince him, but educate him for lack of a better term on, well, I understand what you're saying, but what about this? And um, I believe you can teach an old dog new tricks. I don't know if my dad's in that category at this point in his life, but, uh, but I'll keep trying. That's for sure. All right. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, when you talked about acquiring these properties and, you know, Hey, you're, you're, that's a signal to get another, uh, another policy. What's interesting is I remember asking Nelson several times. I, and every time I asked him this question, he always answered me basically the same way. I said, Nelson, how did you know it was time to go and get a new policy? He would say, Richard, as soon as my feeble brain could envision doing so. <laughs> and so you've isolated to Jason's point, rethinking your thinking, this opportunity shows up, you're, you're just closing on four new properties, there's cash flow generation that's happening there. Boom, your brain instantly thinks about what can I do with that capital? Bam, new policy. And that's our brain solving problems internally and creating, you know, connecting these pathways from the research that you've done, the, the, the things that are now shown up for you that didn't exist prior to meeting Jason, reading the book. And it's just like, it's like an explosion of a new world of financial 
advantage that's available to you. And so thank you for sharing that with us because in our conversations with other folks, like much like yourself, David, they're, the, the, the theme that we're hearing is that the more people read the book, the more people um, get involved, they take a loan, they do something, they pay it back. The, the speed at which they're able to get financial accomplishment goes up because they're interacting with the policy. They're interacting with their financial life in a way they've never done before. For sure. That makes, yeah. I, and, and we've seen it. So um, it's funny you say that every time you read the book. So now what I've started to do was every time I read the book, uh, when I start the book at the very least, I, uh, sometimes it'll be a week with two young kids. It's a little busy, but, uh, I write the date uh, in the front cover and just, I'm very interested to see how many times I can, uh, I'll do That's a, such and, a great idea. Yeah. I'm like, I want to keep track. I want to know how many times I've read this. So that is such a great idea. Super good idea. It's funny you mentioned that. I don't have it done that way, but there's certain points I have dates where I've gone back and I'm like, wait nice. a second. I, I, I'm, re, I'm re-highlighting this in a new highlighter because the old one faded. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to put a date on it now about something else that I that's popped into my brain. So I have dates in my book as well. I just not the yeah. way you've got. So I thought that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah that is. That, they, they recognize there's something more to this book. Like people are writing dates in the book. Why are you rereading this book? Like if everyone's saying it, there's a reason that that's happened. Like success leaves clues, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the yeah. things that we're definitely going to want to do, uh, Dave, is invite you to um, be a guest at an annual Infinite Banking Think Tank conference. So once we get the all clear on COVID and, uh, you know, we're able to travel and enjoy, you know, the, uh, the community of practitioners that get together one time per year, the week after Super Bowl, and uh, there are clients that uh, are literally positioned, lined up, ready to go, who want to share their message and, you know, be able to, to capture that because this is really, it's really getting out there. And, you know, it all starts with obviously talking about it, sharing it, but also being able to talk about the, the specific ways that you've been able to implement this process because it, it triggers the imagination of people who are researching it. And so on that note, what would you say to people who are at the beginning of their journey, who are just um, being exposed to the process? What would you share with those folks? That's a good question. I would say just pick one goal. Um, when we started this, we didn't begin with one policy and think, well, we're going to be become, uh, this is going to create independent freedom and you know, we'll end up on a beach somewhere in a cabana, not worry about anything. We just had the one, one goal and that initially was to pay off a car. And then, so we just started, we started with something small, but at the time it didn't seem that small, like a car, car is, is, is not a, it's not a small thing by any stretch, but we started there. Um, and then as soon as we actually got our feet in the door, we got, we got our feet wet in it. We understood that, okay, this has some real power. We can, now grow to the size of a new car and then we can grow to the size of a house. And then now we can grow to the size of four pieces of real estate. And, and I don't know where we'll be next, but I have a sneaking suspicion. Um, we'll find out pretty quick based off of the <laughs> seven in seven years, like seven years ago, if you would have told me we would have been doing everything that we've done with it so far. Um, I, no way. I, I wouldn't have believed you whatsoever. So um, I'm really curious to see where we'll be seven years from now, but it just makes my brain always keep thinking about what could be next, what could be next. Um, and sometimes it's okay to not know. Like my wife and I talk about this all the time. 
um, it's great to plan for the future, but it's also if you sometimes you can be kind of stuck in those plans. So one thing I always know is that we'll need money, and uh, I'd much rather have too much of it if there's such a thing than than not enough. And uh, go from there. Nelson said, "Plan as if you're going to live uh, live forever, but live as if you're going to die today." So yeah, I think you sure. just kind of summarize that in your own words. And one thing I, I want to, for our listeners, I want to highlight a point that I, I heard here, and what Dave is telling us is that the seven year time frame. Well, the time was going to pass anyway. The seven years was going to go by no matter what. And one thing that we can't replace is time. And so if you're listening to this and you're thinking about either this process or learning more about it, take that time to do it now, get started in the learning journey. You know, Nelson would say that what's the best policy with the one you started. That's right. right. And, and we, you know, I've, if I could go back in time, could I do things differently? I sure I could, but um, the one that we started is, is always, you have to start someplace and the ability for that time to work for you, your advantage, you know, you think about yourself and your children and then your grandchildren down the road, the multi-generational links that we can create here. And I'm guessing, you know, Dave, you know, with the kids that you have, you're already starting to your brain reading Nelson's book is starting to think about what about when my kids have kids, For sure. what are we going to do differently? Yeah. Um, they'll definitely, they're not quite at the age where uh, they talk about like the, the client bank or anything like that, but uh, it'll definitely be an education piece for them uh, as early as they can truly understand it. So. Well, I'll tell you, you're one of the sharpest examples of following Nelson Nash's five golden rules. Now for the benefit of people who are tuning in maybe for the first time or just at the beginning of their journey Nelson Nash had five golden rules. The first golden rule is to think long range, to think three generations past your own. And so by having policies in place, not only for yourself, Dave, and for, for your spouse, but also having policies in place for your children, that's a sharp example of following that first golden rule. The second is don't be afraid to capitalize your system. Your money must reside somewhere. And so as you take control of more of this banking function in your life, as it relates to your needs and more money's coming back or more money's being created through your real estate investment activities, you recognize your money must reside somewhere. And so if your system is already full, then you've got to expand your system. And the third golden rule is don't steal the piece. And you're obviously practicing that uh, to a very high degree, because when you initiate a policy loan, long before you even do that, you already have a plan in place in terms of, okay, here's how I'm going to go about re repaying it and getting those P's back on the shelf. The fourth golden rule is don't do business with banks. And so by eliminating, you know, more recently prior to this real estate investment portfolio opportunity, by getting rid of the bankers, what a peaceful, stress-free way of life that is. And then last, but not least, is to rethink your thinking. And by you documenting every single time you go back and read Nelson's book, I, I'm not a betting man, but I would wager that you see something each time you go back into the book, you see something that you didn't see the previous time. Would you agree? For sure. And I think it comes down to uh, like where, where your mind is at when you're reading it, where you are in your stage of life, um, what your priorities are at that point. You're going to pull out different things that really resonate and, and reach out to you at that point. So hundred percent. Yeah. 
Um, it's funny you're talking about don't do business with the banks. As much as they were uh, for this real estate stuff, a, a necessary evil, they were also just a giant pain in the butt to, to say it. <laughs> like the amount of time I can, it was five different times where I said, do you need anything else from me? We're closing tomorrow. We're closing in two days. Nope, that's everything. An hour later, phone call. Oh, I need this. You know, three hours later. Oh, can you do that? Well, luckily I'm on a day off and I can because otherwise, like, does something fall through? Do we not get these properties? All these things. It was, uh, ugh, bang. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'll be a necessary evil uh, for the amount of money that we that we need. But uh, the sooner I can get them out of there, the better. Well, who knows where the, the next seven years is going to take you and your family as it relates to that specific objective. Yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have those bankers out of your life by that point as well. Would be nice. Yeah. And it's um, because as far as our policies and things go, like you were talking about uh, multi-generational. So as soon as the boys were born, we had policies um, uh, for, for, for each of them. And at the time when they were both born, uh, like the government was offering uh, uh, a certain amount a month uh, in child, uh, it wasn't universal child care benefit at the time, but something along those lines. So yeah. we said, well, we're automatically getting this amount of money in every month. Let's open up a, a policy for that amount. It's money that we weren't expecting that's coming in. So let's put that to use. It's also, it's not a giant amount, but it's also an amount small enough when they turn 18 or whenever we decide that they're going to take over the policy, it's a very manageable amount every year um, to kind of help it get going. And the amount that I see that they can utilize when they're 18 or 20, uh, if they want to use it for school, if they decide not to go to school, but want to start a business or buy a house or get a vehicle. Um, the idea, and I, we saw it in my own family with my sister, actually, with uh, my parents were big into RESPs. Uh, so we all had RESPs, uh, not a giant amount, but enough. And my sister up to 24 and a half wasn't going to school. And the government was like, what are you guys doing with this RESP? We're going to keep everything that we put in and the interest and you can have what you put back. So, and they were using that for, 23 years why why not let me use it for 23 years and and do what i i know it what is good for my family at that time so that's that's what we've been doing 23 years some you know obviously when your kids are at home with you the most expensive years because we we as parents we plug everything back into our kids for the, the hockey and the soccers and the skiing and the guitar <laughs> lessons and the dance lessons and the, all these things <laughs> and so there's the lost opportunity like because other other money and the cash flow had to be redirected to do all that stuff hmm. while they were also putting money into this thing. And yeah, it's growing over here, but it's in a prison and that prison is locked. It doesn't allow you the accessibility to go do this thing that you need to be doing to develop the memories with your kids. So here's where you're making that change, that adjustment, as many of the parents implementing this process are, where the things that you're already chunking money into for your kids, that's going to help grow and develop them and the memories and the things that you're going to cherish and they're going to cherish as they age you have a reservoir that you're building in a warehouse that allows you to help facilitate those things even more. So it's important to understand that folks, if you're listening in the things that you could do for children and, and, and for grandchildren, it, it's really, it's, in my opinion, it's unmatched. It's, it's really truly incredible. And then you have not only that, you have the advantage of time again, we can't get back to time. And so when you now look at the lifespan of a hundred years on a child, and then the catalyst of that cascading to another generation, the impact that you can create over three generations is unmatched. It's really something uh, truly awesome to behold. Well, and if you think about it too, Rich, that this, in our view, this is really truly uh, one of the greatest gifts that you can give to a child. Because 
what David and his family have done is they've done something for their children that they couldn't do for themselves at that time. And this is a gift that is never going to require batteries. It's never going to end up in a toy graveyard somewhere. It's never going to be too small. This is something that's going to follow your children to every special occasion in their lives, to uh, vehicles, property, um, all those things. But you're going to be able to share firsthand the stories of how you were able to implement this process and all the special things that you were able to do. And who knows, by the time your children are your age, they may never need to see a commercial bank for the rest of their lives just by virtue of what you've done for them when they couldn't do it for themselves. And so um, every parent that we talk to who's implemented this process for their children, uh, including yourself, David, we just want to tip our hat to you and say, well done. Yeah, I think it's the, I think it's the, the least we can do is to, to everyone. I think everyone's goal as a parent is try to, to leave their kids with more than what they had, or at the very least um, leave them in a, in a better situation. So if we can do that for our kids, great. Um, I do think there is something to be said about, uh, you know, growing up a certain way and not being overly spoiled by any stretch, but uh, that's definitely uh, not going to happen. So. so good. And so think about this. We have a journey that began several years ago, seven plus years ago. And so David, you were on a trajectory. You were, you were going about things the traditional way, mm-hmm. earning money, money shows up in a bank, waiting for you to take care of your, your bills and your personal financial obligations all that money's being constantly transferred away, can't earn interest on it or use it ever again. Putting money away in traditional instruments like registered retirement savings plans, tax-free savings accounts, et cetera, all involving the permanent, uh, you know, not having control of that money, handing control over the, uh, to someone else who thinks they can do better with it than you can. You stumble upon this process while enjoying uh, some beverages with, with a friend who's sharing this among five, six other people skepticism kicks in to say, Hey, this sounds like it's gotta be too good to be true. Your investigative nature takes over and you begin the process of investigating and learning and you decided to take action. And when you did that, your thinking began to change and then the financial outcomes followed and it impacted you with vehicles. It impacted you with property. You've got the bankers out of your life for all those personal things, a new opportunity tracked you down. You've got four (laughs) rental properties that are going to be producing money. You had to invite the bankers back in your life, but it's only temporary. You know that now. And so what an incredible journey to, to share with other people. And we talk about you on our webinars. We talk about you in our live events and people are like, who is this David guy? Like, are we ever going to be able to hear from him? And so to be able to put, you know, uh, a, the real David Klein in front of our audience has uh, just been real special. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for uh, for having me. Really appreciate it. Rich, any uh, closing remarks that you'd like to share with our Wealth Without Bay Street listeners? Uh, you know, I would just encourage folks to you know leave a comment if this you know if if you learned something from from Dave here about how he implemented the process and and uh, you you appreciated his story and stuff because it's it's really helpful for that sharing that with other people. Um, when we share what we learn. 
we, we learn it deeper and we help others to grow. And much like what David's done with us today by sharing his story, um, it's going to help so many other people learn not about the process, but about what's possible. We live in the world of possibility. That's what infinite banking does for us. It opens up possibility in your financial life that wasn't there before. And you've basically just literally shown us how that's happened exactly in your own life. So now, uh, Dave, we know that, um, you know, even though Marvel movers are every today and there's a few more coming out, not all heroes wear capes. And you might not think of yourself as a hero, but uh, every time, you know, you put that uh, badge on and you, you go out there and you help the community the way that you do in your profession. And when you take these, the impact of infinite banking, as you related it to our clients, you're making a huge impact to people. You're making their life better in some way, giving them things to think about. You're protecting the community. So when you think about all that, uh, who do you, who would you like to be a hero to? I knew the question was coming and I was hoping the answer would just pop into my head when you asked it to me now. Cause I, I mean, obviously I want to be a hero to my family. Um, and I don't know if a hero is the right word for anyone else out there, but I know that uh, like my, my good friend who introduced this to me, Daryl, like I will owe him um, for the rest of my life. Like him, passing on this information to me um, has changed my life uh, without a doubt. And I'd like to think it will change my families. And then who else knows uh, how that will, the trickle down effect will happen. But as far as a uh, hero goes, I'd like to be a hero to, uh, to my family for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird thing to think about when you, uh, when, when you think about the hero thing, because I think everything that uh, most people do is in basically a, a selfless, just trying to help others. And if that's, if that's a hero, then so be it. Well, there you have it folks. And uh, David, thank you again, sincerely for joining us. Um, equally as important. Thank you for your service. We appreciate uh, all that you do as a member of the police service and one of the most uh, difficult professions that really anybody can, um, can enter into. And so we appreciate your sacrifice and uh, respect that uh, you've been generous with your time and joining us today and, for everyone who's listening, if you just look over here, there's going to be an additional uh, recommended uh, videos that we would love for you to continue your journey of learning. And you've heard, uh, again, uh, another part of our client series, the, the one, the only, David Klein joining us live and in stereo. So David, thank you so much again. Give my very best to your family and uh, look forward to connecting with you to uh, get that next uh, policy going. You betcha. Yeah, we're going to have to... Get it going sooner or later. It's the only way to kind of get it get it working for us. So, All right. Well, we appreciate you. Thanks, Thanks for being Dave. with us. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.